for this, the first Sunday in the season of Christmas, is from Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 22. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that he will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. It is my pleasure now to introduce to you Alicia Eisensee, uh, who is presently a student at Gonzaga, and I just found out will be traveling to Italy for study in January. So uh, please come forward to the pulpit, Alicia. When I was in second grade, I announced to my parents that I was going to be a nun when I grew up. This quickly changed, as you might imagine, and I set my sights on becoming the Pope instead. <laughs> it wasn't a passing phase. In fact, my dad got me a How to Be Pope book that, at one point, was filled with sticky notes on important things to know. I didn't really care that I was neither a man nor a Catholic. I was going to be the first woman Lutheran Pope. <laughs> this is one of my earliest faith-related memories, and I am excited to share with you today how faith has impacted my life. My family has been attending weekly Sunday church ever since I can remember. 
When I was a baby, we attended Holy Cross Lutheran Church where I was baptized, and we later moved to Cross of Christ Lutheran where I, where I attended preschool. From kindergarten to eighth grade, my sister and I both attended St. Louis' Catholic School. My mom wrote me a letter on my first day in kindergarten that she later gave to me when I graduated. She, along with my dad, was interested to see how a Lutheran would be accepted into the Catholic community. In her letter, she wrote, St. Louis is a Catholic school and you are Lutheran, so things might seem a little strange. But we will all be learning with you, Mama, Daddy, and Taylor. Instead of wondering why they don't do things like us, we will be learning about different ways of worshiping. We were all welcomed without question, and my sister and I both participated in First Communion, learned to pray the rosary, and became readers at monthly mass during seventh and eighth grade. My dad played piano at each school mass, and my mom served on committees. I was always able to express my own beliefs and also learn about Catholic teachings. For many years, I witnessed incredible religious inclusivity, both at St. Louis and at Cross of Christ. Each Thanksgiving, Cross of Christ partnered with St. Louis, the Jewish Temple, and the Episcopalian Church to come together across religious differences and give thanks. Most of my peers at St. Louis went on to Catholic high schools, and I was the only one to continue on to Bellevue High, my first experience at a public school. We continued to attend church each weekend, but I felt disconnected with my faith. Religion was no longer a primary part of my education, and I was uninvolved with youth groups at church. But in summer 2012, my dad took a 10-week sabbatical and wanted to do something with each of his daughters. When my dad and I talked about what we'd like to do together, we decided to backpack into Holden Village, a place I'm sure many of you are familiar with, a Lutheran retreat center located in the remote North Cascades. We spent five days total hiking from Darrington into the village. And I distinctly remember on the third day of our hike, climbing the steep trek from the Seattle River Valley up onto Miner's Ridge. At the crest of the trail, you can look down on either side of the ridge, the Seattle River on your left and the Image Lake Basin on your right, with Glacier Peaks straight ahead. There's a dusty trail winding across the ridgeline, green alpine trees and Indian paintbrush wildflowers. It was the first time I felt completely in awe of something, an utter admiration toward the beauty of creation. Up until this backpacking trip, I had only experienced faith at school and at church, but simply standing on Miner's Ridge made me realize that it's in nature where I feel the most spiritual. Since then, my dad and I go on a backpacking trip each summer, and each time I am amazed. Amazed at the wondrous natural world, but even more so at how simply walking through a forest, or traversing a ridge, or swimming in a lake can make me feel so at peace and whole. So even though high school didn't include much faith education for me, I discovered that faith is not just for church or for books it expands much farther into simply being with creation. After high school, I decided to return to Catholic education and attend Gonzaga University, where I am currently a junior studying psychology and history. 
I quickly became involved in university ministry freshman year and got placed in a CLC, or Christian Life Community Group. Me and eight other women have been meeting for three years, encouraging and empowering one another in our faith. Both this group and my religion courses have taught me to expand my faith even more. In a feminist theology course, we discuss the centrality of women in faith and that God is both Abba and Abba, mother and father. This past semester, I took a challenging course on religion and violence, where my professor emphasized that religions like Islam cannot be defined by radicalism. Also this semester, I attended a lecture given by a professor from Notre Dame who specializes in migration theology. He studies migrants and how they experience faith, and he shared a particularly moving story that deeply resonated with me. A refugee ship sank off the coast of Lampedusa, and hundreds of refugees died. A carpenter on the island heard this story and collected the driftwood that washed ashore from the sunken wrecked boat. He crafted a Eucharistic chalice from this wood along with an altar. My biggest takeaway from that lecture and something that reshaped my faith is that we are all migrants. Even Jesus was a migrant who died for us so we could migrate back to him. Evidently, Gonzaga has been and continues to be a place that encouraged interreligious inter dialogue both in the classroom and on campus. I have become more empowered in my own faith and also more educated on global religions there. This past summer, I was able to continue learning about and experiencing faith as a volunteer at Holden Village. I lived and worked in the village for three months as the hike house assistant. I assisted guests with hiking gear, provided information on trails, and led a few sessions. My family have been guests at Holden almost every summer since my dad was little, and it is one of my favorite places in the entire world. It's a place to be separate from the world and truly focus on yourself. Over the past couple years, Holden has faced incredible change with the Mine Remediation Project and the Wolverine Creek Fire. This past summer, I was able to witness the amazing regrowth of both the forest and the village. As the hike house assistant, I learned quite a bit about the ecology of the Railroad Creek Valley, where Holden sits, and the flora and fauna essential to life there. Several plants in particular offered beautiful metaphors that connected with my faith. There's a purple flower called fireweed that only thrives in the wake of a burned forest. The lodgepole pine tree can only reproduce if its cones are burned and seeds released. As I learned about the necessity of fire in the valley, I realized that this is how I practice my faith. My faith has not always been strong, and there are certainly times when I am mad at God. There are times when my faith feels like a wildfire, but in the end, faith regrows, much like fireweed and lodgepole pines. When I was asked to give this talk, I reflected quite a bit on how faith has impacted my life and was left with the resounding feeling of hope. After graduating from St. Louis, we gave, the, we gave the teachers an image of two hands reaching out to one another with the verse, I was a stranger and you welcomed me a hopeful reminder that interreligious connection is possible. On that first backpacking trip, I felt hopeful that I would continue to experience spirituality in nature. At Gonzaga, the women in my CLC give me hope that young people will continue to invest in faith. Classes emphasize hope for women, 
hope for other religions, and hope for migrants. And places like Holden Village offer a unique kind of hope, one that faces change and wildfires, but will always be reborn. I'm going to end with a prayer from Holden that quickly became a favorite over the summer. O oh God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, by paths as yet untrodden, through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. I hope your new year is filled with hope and good courage. Thank you.